power on. Accessing historical database. Year 2020. The tech giants become aware of the greatest threat to their corporatist domination. An obscure science and tech podcast becomes a major factor in a peaceful open source revolt against the military Silicon Valley industrial complex. The podcast, Sovereign Tech. Its host, Dr. Brian Sovereign. The tech giants try to stop Sovereign Tech. They can't. Woo! Coming at you like a freight train of sanity, baby. It is the Golden Stallion, the man of tomorrow, Savzu, the rated R radio star here with another weekly edition of the show that brings you all the latest and greatest in science and tech. Well, okay. Maybe it actually gives you the most depressing and enraging, but <laughs> regardless, uh, this week I have a very special episode for you, something very different. Okay. Uh, and as you'll hear me say it, when we get into that audio, um, you know, if you want your science and tech news and all that, you have hundreds of episodes to go back to, and you're going to have hundreds more going forward into the years as we've been doing this for almost a decade, baby. And there is no sign of Sovereign Tech ever stopping. Too hot, too much going on, too much to talk about every single week. But, you know, speaking of too much, it really gets into what this episode is very much all about. This episode that you're about to hear and the audio you will notice is different from the usual melodious sounds that come from the BDSM Studio 3. This comes from my, well, for one, I'm using my H1N. Now, if you're familiar with the Zoom H1N, this is a very pocketable, very, though high quality for what it is. I mean, this thing is, is so tiny that you can carry with you. You slap a micro SD card in it, AAA battery, and away you go. Uh, I mean, it's a, just a little stick of audio dynamite. The microphones on it are fantastic. Uh, it's basically the smaller version of the H6, uh, which I also happen to have one of those, have used as studio equipment in the past. In fact, I mean, you go down the list of news networks uh, that have been using the H6 specifically when they do field work and so on. I mean, it's a great thing. Um, I brought the H1, and you're going to hear the voice of myself, Dr. Brian Sovereign, and of course, Ellen Sovereign, uh, as we went on a little excursion to call it a trip would be a disservice to, <laughs> to what we went through. Uh, we of course live in the, uh, the Silicon Milliard or ice planet zeros. I often call it, of course, here in August of 2020, it doesn't feel like ice planet zero might've at night there, but we'll, you'll hear us talk about that. Uh, we needed, and this is where we get into the too much. We needed to get away. We needed to, you know, I mean, not like anyone was threatening our lives or anything like that, 
we needed to just get away from it all for a little while. And I don't mean go on some trip to, I don't know, the Barbados or something like that. No, no, no. We needed to get somewhere where cell signal was practically non-existent where, I mean, there's just nothing around for a good distance. You didn't really hear civilization, you know, and you were just out in the middle of nowhere. There was no, no help to be had and no grocery store to stop at, Right. And in this, now we needed to do that because she and I were both with our insane schedules. And you'll hear us talk about that a little bit when we get into the audio. I mean, it's just, it. well, the whole world is, is it's always insane. It's been insane as long as I've been alive, but it's been particularly insane the past few months. And we all know what that's all about, regardless of any, you know, truth or reality around it. And so we just had to get the fuck away, get away from the screens, get away from the smartphone, get away from whatever the hell is going on, get away from other people's problems, get away from blah, blah, go down the goddamn list. We just needed to get away and take a break. And so we went away for about pretty much three days um, into the uh, White Mountains of New Hampshire. Uh, particularly, we went to Three Ponds Trail. And I mean, we talk about it there. It's all after the fact, you know, certainly I didn't announce it to anyone because then it wouldn't exactly be getting away if uh, you knew where to find me. Right. <laughs> so, uh, so we went to the three ponds trail. Uh, it was a, tr I mean, I'll, I'll say it from the onset. It was a tremendous time. You'll hear about some, uh, some, well, we did some interesting testing of not only, you know, tech, Certainly no modern technology, really, other than, well, there might be a water bottle you're going to want to hear about. But we tested out varying things because basically what I had done, and this relates to um, an episode that we did, I want to say this is in early April, as it relates to when COVID-19 really started kicking into gear in America. Um, I put together bug out bags for Ellen and I to, you know, with basically everything in it that are in them, you know, so that if you really had to get away, I don't, I mean, and I'm not saying civilization is going to collapse. It certainly doesn't look like it right now uh, by any stretch. In fact, I've read some very interesting stories that basically suggest, yeah, you know, this feels like a recession. This all feels bad, but we're going to bounce back from this really quickly because I don't know, the housing market's fine and, um, and stocks are great. Believe what you will with any of that stuff. 99% of the time, I think economics is basically reading tea leaves. So <laughs> at least in the, in the world that we live in today. But, you know, there, there is a comfort. And then I talked about this in previous episodes of SovereTech. There is a comfort in having something where you can just grab it and you can get away and you know you have the ability to survive, right? Well, so I devised that for Ellen and I, and we finally put these bags to the test. I mean, when I say we got away from it all, baby, we got away from it all. And as you'll hear me say throughout the audio, I think that especially as our world gets more and more interconnected, more and more, this term doesn't get used much anymore, but back when I was a kid, it was a very popular term to use, more and more high tech. It's good to test your metal. By going back to basics, you can come back, you know, to civilization. You can come back to, you know, your smartphone, your Bitcoin wallets, you know, pop out your treasure. You, you know, you can come back to all of that. Right. And that's fine. 
But it's good to remind yourself of how we got from there to here, and also to make sure that if here ever goes back to there, you can survive. And I think having at least a taste even of what that's like can help you be, you know, more appreciative of what you have, can give you tremendous insights, which is something I don't know if we talked enough about. Uh, when Ellen and I recorded this, we were both very, very tired. <laughs> it was late at night. Um, but it, it was very much to put it in, you know, computer terms. Uh, it was like rebooting our brains because we just got away from the noise, you know, and concentrated on the signal. And I mean, the amount of ideas that came to me while I was out there, not distracted at all and just able to purely focus. Um, I know for Ellen, I think it, it, it was, it was very much the same. I mean, it was a time for absolute reflection and appreciation. And, you know, also I think this is, in fact, I remember now granted it was only, you know, three days or so. Right. I remember Bill Murray, basically his relationship advice. <laughs> and yes, that Bill Murray. I remember him giving relationship advice saying, you know what? You find a gal that you think you love, you love, and you want to spend the rest of your life with travel the world with her. And I'm, and he, he met the world, travel the world with her for a year. And if at the end of that year, you're still madly in love and together, boy, you marry her as soon as you can. And while I'm not exactly one for, uh, you know, marriage or anything, because frankly, uh, <laughs> there aren't enough camels in the world that are worth Ellen, if you know what I mean? <laughs> no, no, no camels, <laughs> but you get my point. Okay. You know, we're keeping marriage traditional, right? All right. How many camels for her? anyway? <laughs> While I'm not one for marriage, uh, it's also uh, a very enjoyable thing to test one's ability to how comfortable are you in the most uncomfortable of environments. And you'll hear about some of that discomfort, not relational. I mean, Ellen and I have never had that, but you know, the discomfort of, you know, the nature of, of, of the world around us and kind of how we had to deal and, you know, react to that and, and so on. Um, I think you're going to find it a very interesting conversation. It is loose. It is fun. It is, I hope informational because again, we put a lot of things to the test. A lot of high tech, a lot of, uh, shall we say, traditional tech, um, all kinds of things. And I am here to share it all with you. The show notes for this episode are going to link you to a lot of what we talked about and what we used. But this is real world stuff because a lot of what you find online is, and, and I know because I've tested some of it. Okay. A lot of what you find online and you go to like some survival blog or you go to some tech blog or whatever. And really, they are just schlepping off to you, um, you know, whatever has an Amazon link that they can get an affiliate commission off of. They're not schlepping you the best. They're not telling you what the best equipment is. Oh, no, 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 no. Or they're not telling you what the cheapest thing is because then they don't get enough, uh, you know, commission or enough of a you know, yeah, commission. Um, I mean, and, and I can also tell you this. Now, a lot of people know uh, that I work in PR. And I can tell you straight up that there are a lot of writers who absolutely will not, if you were like, you know, say I had a client or something and I, you know, and they had some kind of wares that would be of interest to people. Um, you know, I could, I, I 
say, reach out to a journalist and say, Hey, well, I saw that, that you were interested in doing a story about X. Well, I have the best X in town. And then the journalist gets back with me and says, but does X, does the best X in town, do they have an Amazon link? And I say, no, because they're ethical and they wouldn't sell on Amazon. <laughs> Ironically, I'm going to give you Amazon links, but I assure you, I make no commission off of them. I have no interest in that. I really do want to give you the best. They won't all be Amazon links though. But anyway, I just know that that's the easiest way for some, some people to get this stuff. Anyway, um, as soon as the journalist finds out there's no Amazon link, they won't run into the story. doesn't matter if it's the best one out there. doesn't matter if it's the best value for whatever person, especially when, you know, people, a lot of people are experiencing some very hard monetary times right now. It doesn't matter. If it doesn't have, it doesn't have an Amazon link, they're not going to push it. And that's what I mean is that 99% of what you're seeing, I mean, in, in you know, online, I mean, there, there's just, there's so little truth and actual rigorous work done online. It's very rare. There's journalists out there that have ethics and I'm, I'm not saying that there, there aren't, and I know them and, and you know, some of them, and they're, they're just wonderful, beautiful people. Right. But so much, Oh no, 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 no. And I get it. People got to make a payday, but then what are we talking about here? We're talking about, you know, having equipment and things like this. We're talking about getting away from it all. Ultimately, whatever, whatever the impetus is for that, or, you know, whatever that, that takes shape as. So, you're going to get a, a, as I like to say, a dose of sanity here and uh, some reality from people who really put the stuff to the test. Now, I mean, we didn't do it for a week or a month or anything like that. Certainly, you know, we could have considered that, you know, gone all naked and afraid. And believe me, I would love to be, <laughs> I don't think we'd be afraid, but boy, being naked as hell <laughs> with Helen in the woods. I am all about that, baby. And uh, we might've been, well, <clears throat> excuse me. But I think there's a lot to take from this, uh, from this episode. So I'm not going to spend much more time here at the onset uh, flapping my yap. I will be back in the next episode of Sovereign Tech. We will get into, we have all kinds of tech news to talk about. Might even have a little science news to talk about. Okay. Uh, developments, things that you can do, actionable items that you can walk away with. These things are going to happen in the next episode. Don't you worry about that. But this is a special episode. In fact, I dare say it's something I, as a professional podcaster, which I am, I'm a professional, meaning I have advertisers. I make money off of this. I also, I train multi-million dollar companies on how to do podcasting, on how to be podcast guests, how to start podcasts and so on. I am as professional a podcaster as a podcaster could possibly be professionally understand. And in doing so over the years, since I've been in this game for uh, about 10 years now, um, I, you know, I've listened around to other shows. A lot of them actually are more of this, you know, kind of backwoodsman or mountain man, or, or you know, those, those kinds of, uh, uh, you know, those survivalist podcasts or whatever. And I, and I enjoy them. I mean, because, you know, I'm, I'm on the back burner. I'm very much into all of this and have been for a huge chunk of my life. You'll hear me explain some of the reasons why when we get into the audio here. Uh, but I've never really heard this where you have two people, <laughs> You know, with this, with this little microphone, um, you know, having basically an hour and a half, I think it ends up being about an hour and a half, uh, an hour and a half conversation around, you know, uh, like what it's like being out there and what it's like really, you know, okay, you know, here, this is what life is like in, in the woods right now, what we're doing right now, you know, and coming live from under the stars. 
I'm sure someone else has done it, but this is certainly a first for me. And it was a lot of fun to do, even though, again, we were very tired, you know, because, I mean, we, we made these very full days, even though there was a lot of relaxation in all of it. That's part of where we got that. We we're able to you know reset our brains, you know, kind of reset the, the bandwidth and everything. And it just it was really a recharge, I guess you could say, the bandwidth, um, even though you'd never do that with an actual modem. <laughs> but you get my point. Um, anyway, I think you're going to enjoy this. And again, we'll get right back to, you know, all the high end audio quality and all the, you know, all the news and all the developments and all the new things you can do and blah, blah, blah. We'll get to all that in the next episode. Don't you worry, but I want to have fun with this one. So what I'm going to do is we're going to jump to us. We'll jump to a sponsor here. And then when it comes back in, we're going an hour and a half live or well, it was kind of live when it was recorded anyway. Right. (laughs) But live from the absolute, the white mountains, the backwoods, and I mean, with, with no electricity to be found, all right, uh, in New Hampshire, Brian Sovereign, Ellen Sovereign, great time. And I'll come back with some closing comments at the end. So uh, I won't say I'll see you on the other side here, but I'll see you on the other side of this conversation. Woo! Hey, is Sovereign Tech not enough for you? Well, let me tell you about something you'll never get enough of. No, no, I mean it. We're talking about a radio show and podcast that goes all night long, seven nights a week, three hours a night, 365 days a year, and has been going since the early aughts, baby. I am talking about none other than Free Talk Live. It's the show you control. That's right. It's an open phones call-in show that is ready for you. And if you're worried that your voice isn't going to get heard, don't be. We are talking about the only libertarian radio show stateside, and not only that, it's also the number 26 talk show in the United States. Start listening now and go ahead and hit that massive back catalog at freetalklive.com. The Golden Stallion guarantees a good time, and you might even find some episodes with me on them when you do. That's freetalklive.com, and we thank them for sponsoring Sovereign Tech. Let's get back to the show. So today, you are getting an episode unlike any other episode of Sovereign Tech. This is being recorded in the Three Ponds Shelter. And so that means we are in the great outdoors of Ice Planet Zero, that being New Hampshire. And when I say we, of course it is I, and the inimitable indomitable well wait maybe not indomitable but (laughs) incomparable that's for sure ineffable ineffable oh yes uh (laughs) ellen sovereign and this is a this is an episode this is this is an actual episode of sovereign tech very different fare than what you get most of the time because there's no real tech news here there's no real science news who knows what we might end up talking about Um, But I also think that it's incredibly relevant to everything I just said. And I can't help but think of, in fact, you're, you're right now, Ellen, you are looking quite fetching um, in the, (laughs) so, all right, wait a second. 
So, folks, if, if you want to hear your latest tech news, science news, and all that, like the show normally brings, trust me, you've got hundreds, literally hundreds and hundreds, almost 10 years of episodes to go back to. Go for it and check those out. This one is going to be something special. Next week, we'll be right back into, you know, your, your latest tech news and privacy and security and all that. But now Ellen is looking very fetching. And welcome to the show, by the way. Oh, thank you. And I, I am assuming you're talking about this Starfleet hoodie that you gave to me? Exactly, yes. You look quite fetching in this. Um, myself? I'm wearing... Uh, am I wearing underwear? Oh, I, I do have underwear on. <laughs> you, you do fortunately have underwear. Right, no pants. I, I have underwear. No <laughs> pants, nothing else. I have underwear. And, I and mean, a fo- Metroid t-shirt. Yeah, I have a super Metroid uh, and that, that I've cut off into a muscle shirt. And... Um, Anyway, so I'm not looking as fetching as, <laughs> as Well, it depends is. upon your perspective. I suppose that's true. <laughs> but in any case, so Ellen is wearing the Starfleet uh, quasi-uniform that I gave her some years ago. Uh, an outfit that you can find pictures of me wearing often, actually, back in the day. In fact, uh, there used to be stories around town of where, you know, like I'd stop at a gas station and everybody would kind of call me Starfleet in this thing. Anyway, of course, a lot of that comes from the fact that... And you are too, Ellen. You know, we're just massive Star Trek fans. I mean, we're really, really big fans. Yeah, yeah, through and through. I mean, re- real Star Trek. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, we could talk about that. We, we have, we, look, folks, we're going to get into some things here, okay? Some, some important things that are relevant to today right now. But we could talk about, and who knows what might happen here. You watched the first episode of Star Trek Lower Decks. I have not seen this yet. I know Rob saw it too, but you... You have seen this. I got absolutely suckered into it. <laughs> it was free on YouTube, right? Yes, yeah. Yeah. Well, anyway, so one of the things over the years growing up that I always loved is when in, like, Deep Space Nine or Next Generation, they talk about survival training that they went through. They always talk about it, but... You and, s- and you hear some, like, gruesome mentions of going through the Australian desert or something. But right, yeah, you never actually get to see or experience what that survival training is like. Yeah, yeah. Well, it, it's something that's appealed to me since I was a little guy because I've been watching Star Trek my whole life. And I always wondered, you know, yeah, what, what is what is that like? I mean, is it like in Star Trek V when Spock breaks out this little machine that somehow makes the perfect marshmallow? Um, you know, is it, are they heating the rocks with phasers? Like, what is it really, do they really learn what it's like to go from, uh, basically almost nothing, you know, with the barest of equipment to, um, something that, you know, to where, yeah, you've got a fire, you've got lodging, whatever, you know, and, and you're eating and surviving, etc. So I've always been really fascinated by that. Kind of turned me into a bit of a, bit of an outdoorsman, believe it or not. And this is the part that I think people would be kind of surprised by. Um, Like, I've had an obsession in my life for a long time. Like, I I love the concept of, like, being a mountain man, you know? (laughs) Really, I I, I like that a lot. And something that, anyway, this is stuff, of course, when I was in the military, you know, a lot of this was part and parcel of training as far as that goes. But as far as what all of this really gets down to today, A, I enjoy this, B, I need this, and I think you do too, Ellen. I, I think you needed this, like a weekend. We, we've been, what are we out here, two nights? Yeah, this is our second night. Our second night, and we are, last night we slept literally under the stars. 
uh, there is no tent, no, I mean, now we're under like this, the shelter that they, uh, um, that varying. I think the Boy Scouts built it. The Boy Scouts built this? Yeah, like back in the 20s, September and then? Yeah, I think there's like an Appalachian Trail organization or something that like maintains a lot of these though. Yeah. Um, boy, speaking of, yeah, Boy Scouts. D.C. Beard, the guy that basically started the Boy Scouts or who copied it from Britain and brought it to America. Man, I have read like almost all of his books. Big, big fan of, uh, of D.C. Beard. Anyway, uh, C. I went A and B, you know, enjoying this, needing to do it. We'll talk about that. But C, we're kind of testing some things out this weekend. Yeah, I suppose it is an experiment. Um, there's also an alternate purpose for this. I mean, you told me that this was part of my birthday present. <laughs> well, that's true. Yes. And, of course, happy birthday. Thank uh, you. Yeah. <laughs> so... Yeah, well, we, we've talked about doing this all summer, and basically why we've talked, part of the reason we've talked about doing this, I mean, we did this last year, too, where we did an overnighter in something smaller than this. What was it? Was that Mount Langdon? Yes, yeah, and that was that was a little different because we didn't have all of the gear that we have now. Um, right. We didn't have exactly a, a purpose for doing that besides just wanting to go spend a night in the wilderness. Yeah, exactly. So, but now the purpose here is to that uh, that part C of the whole thing, which is, you know, when COVID-19, like, picked up in America, okay, in the United States, in late March, uh, in fact, I did a whole episode by request of the listeners. I did a whole episode where I broke down, okay, what is a very basic, like, pack? What, you know, what in your military experience would you do? Uh, you know, and I mean, they're basically asking me survival scenarios, right? Now, it so inspired me, and I'll admit, at the time, I was like, wow, this, this shit's really crumbling fast. And so I felt a, a real compulsion to put together, you know, basically, you know, bug out bags for you and I um, with, with varying, you know, equipment in them. Which means, like, if you need to bug out really quickly, you just grab these bags and go. Right, right. Now, in that episode of Sovereign Tech, and I'll link to it in the show notes, there's going to be a lot of links in the show notes for this for this episode that we're doing, because I'm not going to remember all of the model numbers <laughs> of things that, uh, that, that we have in these packs. Um, but I want you to be able to, if you want them, you know, I want to make sure you know which ones to grab. Um, but this, you know, really... You know, we, 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 we've, we're testing out, okay, all the equipment that we put into these packs. And, you know, can you really, like if you needed to, I mean, granted, we're only doing two days. And so we're able to bring food for that sort of thing. But could we really, you know, survive in, in that, you know, under those auspices and with what we have? Uh, just in case one felt like, holy shit, civilization's crashing, let's run. Now, I'm not saying that, that that's going to happen, certainly at this stage in the game. But... You know, I mean, there comes a time where maybe you just want to leave it all behind. You know what I mean? And and just I know what you mean. Ellen knows what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> That's part of the A and the B of the of the whole thing. Um, you know, I and, and I'm not sure. You know, where to even start with this? I mean, should we start with the? I mean, I think we both, you and I, both have a great appreciation for nature and being in nature, and you know, it just feels good. Yeah, certainly. I mean, there are different experiences that you can have out in nature that you can't have anywhere else. Mm -hmm. um, 
I, I just love, you know, the peace and quiet and not hearing cars driving by. Yeah. Um, I think that has such a subconscious impact. Well, sometimes it can be conscious if it becomes too noisy. But mm-hmm. uh, just making you feel more scatterbrained, less able to focus, <sighs> less able to relax. Yeah. But out in nature, like, all we're hearing right now is the crackling of the fire and crickets and maybe some frogs. Yeah. <laughs> it's beautiful, and it's so peaceful. Um, it feels like a dream. You know, I'm reminded. So the last tech company that I worked for, um, I would often go into, uh, and this is like 10 years ago, um, I was kind of like the guy that they counted on, and so I'd show up on weekends and everything. And there was, there was one time where I went in there, and usually everything was already on and running and things were running. But I think we had just gotten done with like an ISO review or something along those lines. So everything was off. And I was so used to the background hum in this building that when it wasn't there, it was shocking. Like, like my mind was just anticipating it and waiting for it, you know. And, and it just wasn't there. And, and these are the things that we don't realize, like, but I mean, I, I, consciously, I had no idea. I stopped hearing it years previous, you know, like it was just always there. You didn't know it was, you know, it was there until it was gone. And I think that's, that's, you know, very much an allegory of, or analogous, I should say, to when you come out into, into nature, like suddenly you can think again. I mean, like there's so much, because there's so much background noise that's just, not a part of the program anymore yeah yeah i mean it's part of civilization in general there's always some sort of noise that's keeping you from thinking very clearly but when you're finally out here you realize this is what it feels like this is this is normal yeah yeah absolutely now folks i mean like i said you're going to hear some sounds you might hear some stuff like banging against the the uh, uh the shelter here and then also there's the fire crackling there's who knows what outside we saw a bear earlier <laughs> well uh, you did or i, I saw it yeah that, that was uh, that was interesting you might hear my sleeping bag yeah you might hear a sleeping bag or we might have to move and adjust because we got my little h1n just sitting on uh on this well actually this is very soft this, this is a little luxury for uh, <laughs> just a little luxury not much just a little <laughs> well you made an extra trip to get this blanket, i did but, i did um yeah, actually, this recorder, I, I think it's so funny that you brought it with us because um, just a few days ago on my actual on birthday. On your actual birthday. We, we went swimming uh, at, at this place we call the Secret Beach. Right. Um, and in the parking area, sitting on a rock was the same recording device. It, the same recording device. It was just, uh, like, broken. Yeah. Not in yeah, use. Yeah. Somebody had abandoned it. Yeah, uh, that it is ironic. And I mean, I looked at it and I was like, well, it seemed, and it was even making a noise. And, but I I was like, well, I already have one. I I don't really have any need for, you know, just taking that. I didn't know what the fuck it was doing there. But anyway, (laughs) um, so folks, you know, you're not getting your usual audio quality also. That's important to bring up, I suppose. But uh, if you hear a bunch of strange noises, you know, people got to adjust, people got to relax. We're going to be here for a little bit. So. Anyway, um, yeah, I guess I'm wondering where to start, because we're going to get into, we're going to talk about what is in the packs and what we tested. Um, 
What Sorry, I just caught sight of the moon. Oh. And it's so it's so beautiful. It's like a perfect crescent. Oh, and it's just hanging over the ridge of the mountains. Hmm. Yeah. See, this is the thing. Like New Hampshire, so fucking gorgeous, you know. I mean, that granted that's the moon, but like <laughs> there's not so much light pollution, right? Even Not this far up north. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ah, amazing. So we've been up to, we've had some fun. And really, you know, all right, I guess I want to start with this. I want to start with uh, well, part B, the the need for this. Um, you know, you, you've had an insane uh, school schedule. Um, yeah, I, I've basically been taking a class for the last six weeks and finally finished. Yeah, I mean, grueling pace for the the complexity, I think, of the, the subject that you're, that right. you're dealing with. Yes, yeah. So... Um, so there's that. And then my, my, just my schedule in general, my work schedule has just been insane. And so we both really needed like, okay, now, you know, we, and, and I don't think people understand what I mean when I say insane, but whatever. You, you, know. I, you are working most hours of the day. Yeah. It's, it's, it's pretty brutal. But so additionally, because of the, uh, the COVID-19 restrictions, we haven't really like, we don't go outside that much. We go out in our yard to walk the cat. Yeah, but, yeah. But um, there's, like, nowhere to go, really. <laughs> yeah, because stuff's closed. Right. Yeah. Um, I mean, we do get to go to the gym still. You know, we get sure. to do these things. But, yeah, no, that that's, well, that that's how things are. And a lot of that stuff is very much out of our control. Um, but, yeah, I, I mean, I think we both felt like, holy shit, we just got to get away. No screens. Nothing. You know, yeah, yeah. And, and turn off the electronics, radio silence, other than this get, isn't exactly Get her head silence. screwed on straight again. Yeah, yeah, and, and just kick back. And and it's been a great time. I mean, we tried, hell, we tried swimming earlier. That didn't turn out too well. But, <laughs> okay. The <laughs> lake, tell it. The lake here is beautiful, but it's basically, the, the, the bottom of the lake is pure slime. It's like a mm -hmm. dense layer of mush. There is no bottom. You just sink right into it. Yeah, and there's so, leeches everywhere. And yeah. Yeah. I mean, they're pretty leeches. And we saw some newts and salamanders. Uh, that was great, too. Yeah. Well, I mean, there were some rocks, and we started walking into them. And then you're just like, so should should I just dive right in? Well, yeah. The, so the rocks were covered in slime. They were really slippery. And uh -huh. I, I should have taken that as the first hint. But I thought maybe it was just algae or something. Um, I didn't realize there was actually the sediment that composed the entire bottom of the lake. Um, so usually like the best way to get into a lake is just to jump in instead of like easing yourself in yeah, and being freezing, yeah. you know? Um, so I did, I, I jumped for it and it was just, it was disgusting. I felt <laughs> like I was being pulled down into the muck and I was panicking and I was screaming. Everyone within a five mile radius, I'm sure. Probably heard, heard that. Yeah. Heard me going, ah, ah, I hate it. It's <laughs> Uh, well, a few minutes ago, they might have been hearing that too without the "I hate it," but that, that's for that's for different reasons. Hey. Oh, all right. Well, we'll we could take that out if you want, but anyway. <laughs> uh, 
Um, but yeah, that that was a. Uh, we both decided like, okay, no, we're not swimming. Well, here. you just stepped straight into it. You didn't even like jump and try to swim and not touch it, which is what I was doing. I yeah. didn't want to touch it. Yeah. But, I... but you had no problem stepping in, which is amazing to me because I've seen too many creatures burrow into that kind of muck. <laughs> yeah, I mean, granted, like if I feel it like that, I don't really like it either. You know, I mean, I can put on a pretty good game face about it, but. No, you know, there's no no need for that. Um, so anyway, so we did that. Now, I mean, this isn't a, so speaking of Three Pond Trail for a minute, I mm-hmm. mean, like this isn't a bad hike at all. I think it's five miles total. It's a loop trail. There, it said, you said the rating was moderate, but yeah. it actually feels very easy. There's only a couple spots where there's a really steep incline. Right. Um, but they're brief. They're so brief. Yeah, I mean, you'll... You know, I, I, I've done it a couple times now, and it's a good sweat, and I'm certainly breathing heavy, you know, mm-hmm. when, when I'm done with it. Um, but most of it is actually very, very, uh, very plain, very... Yeah, you know, very flat. Very flat. Uh, but it's nice. I mean, it's gorgeous. Like, I mean, the view here, and it's part of the White Mountains, right? And Yeah, it, well, it's part of the Appalachian Trail. Yes, yeah. So, yeah, stun, stunning little place. This is our This is our first time here, yeah? You haven't it, been here before. It is you? our first time here. Okay. There's so many places to go along the Appalachian Trail in New Hampshire that you can, you know, go to a different place every year and still never get to all of them. Yeah, it's it's great to be able to get away because I know some parts of the world, some parts of even America, like yeah, the, you know, yeah. you're you're in for a long drive to try and get away from it all. Um, but anyway, yeah, no, this is this is pretty, and so so they have, like we said, they they have these uh, little lodgings. You know, and they're basically glorified lean-tos um, that you can that you can stay in at, at various mountains. Um, they're well, you know, everybody has signs for them, so you know where to find them. Um, yeah, and they're on the White Mountain National Forest website, too. Yes, yeah, exactly. Yeah, so we came here yesterday, and there are already people in the, uh, in the lodge, or in the, <laughs> in, in the shelter. Yeah, they, they were having a party. Yep, they were having a good time. Uh, so, <laughs> so we went up a little bit, just went higher up the mountain. and Basically to the top of the hill. Yeah, to the, yeah, to the top of the hill here and just laid out our, um, uh, you know, laid out our bivy sacks and start. you started a fire and we just slept on the ground and slept under the stars in the forest uh, last night, which was, which was pretty awesome. Now, here's the thing. So you got to understand, like, to be able to do this sort of thing, where you're going out there like because look we're not bringing you gotta understand folks so we're ellen and i we're both you know basically vegetarian plant-based whatever um we're not bringing hot dogs you know out here uh we're not bringing (laughs) frankly a bunch of processed foods whatever or anything like that no no we're we're largely i mean you know we, we have some fun with some foods but largely we're still sticking to our i guess you say dietary guidelines Um, Yeah, I mean, the only thing I think that broke our dietary guidelines was I put too much soy sauce in our gravy. (laughs) Yeah, boy, that was salty. (laughs) I mean, I would love talking about the food prep for this trip, but it's really not. I mean, everybody's going to do that differently. We basically just made sure we had dehydrated foods and as little liquid as possible. 
Yeah, well, you have a food dehydrator to be able to do that. Yeah, that did make it a lot easier. Sure, sure. Um, but it's interesting because, like, we get, so we got here around, I guess we'll tell this bit of the story, and then we can kind of get into what it's been like using what's in the packs. Sure. Um, that goes from radios and to all kinds of equipment, folks. Um, so we're going to get into that, so so stay tuned. Um, so we get here... I don't know, around 5, 4.35, something like that? Yeah, we got here a little late. Yeah. Uh, because, well, we found out there was one thing missing from our pack that we needed. Ponchos. <laughs> yeah, rain ponchos. Rain ponchos. Well, we took care of that. Yeah. We, we did end up getting uh, rain ponchos, which was handy. We'll explain why. So we got here around then. Uh, it takes a little over an hour to get to this part, the shelter. Maybe about an hour and a half. In fact, it was raining when we got here, so I think that slowed things down a little bit. Might even been a couple hours. Bottom line being is that daylight is fading fast, right? When yeah. we got to our spot. I mean, the sun doesn't. You don't just see the sunset over the horizon. Like it dips below the ridge of the giant mountain range, and mm -hmm. then it starts getting dark around like six o'clock, seven. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, first order is you know to quote. Um, uh, some of those Starfleet survival, survival skills. Captain Kirk and, uh, or actually Admiral Kirk in Wrath of Khan, of course he says, you know, first order business, survival. Um, and so you just dive right in to starting a fire. I mean, and you wasted <laughs> no time and you start saying, okay, we're going to do division of labor. I mean, folks, understand. Like, I mean, you, you are hearing the voice right now, me, of someone who went through airborne training, who... <laughs> Who did far more than he should have in the army, uh, <laughs> and Ellen's just taking charge, <laughs> and just like, all right, you go do this and, 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 and get this kind of stick, and I'm gonna, and I mean, but it was brilliant, and and I've seen you do this before. It's not like it's anything new to me, but uh, I mean, you have my complete trust in it. But I mean, you're instantly, you know, working on getting this fire going to town. Um, now we didn't do. We have like magnesium. Uh, uh, oh, the the spark. Yeah, the little started. rods, little magnesium right. rods and all. We have that stuff. But admittedly, you know, when we had to make a stop for the ponchos, yeah, we picked up a lighter. We're like, well, it's getting late. We, <laughs> we need to we need to speed up the process a little bit somehow. Yeah, and we used kindling, too. We had yep. some kindling. Yeah, we us. did. We'll talk about that. Uh, like like some pre-made kind of kindling that comes like on a, on a well, to call it on a stick is would it's seem like crazy. It's like a small rectangle of wood that's been coated in resin. Right. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So if we had our violins with us, we could tune them while we're, you know, get, get the bow ready. But anyway, so. So we just shaved off some resin and lit it with our lighter and. Right. Um, yeah, we, we got a fire started pretty quickly. Yeah. I mean, you know, and you could say, well, starting the fire is the hard part. Eh, maintaining the, the fire can be a real challenge. And in fact, it was a bit of an extra challenge because all the wood was wet. I mean, yeah. everything was fucking wet. Not only had it been raining while we were hiking, but probably days previous, too, because everything is just drenched. Yes. Yeah. Everything. The ground, everything drenched. Um and that's relative to, I think, to a lot of the equipment we're going to talk about. But anyway, but you ended like a pro. You ended up getting this fire going, and then you we broke out the uh, the kitchen equipment, as it were, which we will talk about. Uh, it's called solo stove. Um, I, well, I'll get Ellen's thoughts on it. Hers are the most important because this is the thing. Suddenly, you're breaking out, you know, like these bags of stuff, and you're mixing. And I mean, it, 
there's this there's this little like uh, you know two three course meal getting presented before me like in the middle of nowhere and it's fantastic and 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 again she cooked it you got to understand she cooked it it's not something that like she got in the Walmart frozen aisle or something along those lines like it was just it was cooked it was done with pan and fire folks and 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 it was delicious it was, I I know I know you you thought the soy sauce might have been a little much. Yeah, I don't eat salt very often, so it was a little strong for me, but it was still good. It was really tasty. No, it was was, was very good. I mean, to me, you know, I mean, salt, I mean, I'm I'm, I'm Jewish, so, like, salt is as important as the Bible for Jews. (laughs) It literally is, so, (laughs) but uh, anyway, that was was great, and so we took care of that, we had the food, and then we... We were hoping that come the next day, the the shelter would be available and we could use that. Um, but certainly, I think we would have done all right if the shelter was not and we were just at the place that we were at. But everything was open air. All we had were our two backpacks. You know, we laid out our bivy sacks, like you said, and um, and and that that was camp. Yeah. You know that that, that was the place. Uh, <laughs> we but, had the top of the hill to ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, now this gets into an interesting thing, and I, well, let's see what what else could we could we could we mention that we that we did. I think a lot of it, is, this is important to bring up. We you particularly, I mean, there was a lot of time spent, and this is mainly because of the wet wood, but you spent a ton of time making maintaining the fire, making yeah. sure that it kept going. Oh yeah, it needed constant attention, uh, and part of the reason. I think was because our fire pit was dug into the ground. Yeah. Like it was in a depression in the ground, which is safe, you know, because you can remove all of the flammable material from around it. Right, but, but you're not going to get good wind in there. Right, the the oxygen can't flow in as well. Yeah. As an above ground fireplace. Right. So that was that was a real challenge, uh, you know, keeping keeping that fireplace going. And you know, I I think there's a because you and I, Ellen, we we talk and uh, dare I say fantasize often about, like, l- l- let's just leave it all behind. L- let's just, right. let, let's get the hell out of here. We, we've got these amazing backpacks that are loaded and ready to go. Let's, let's go. And, um, but <laughs> I, I think a lot of people come to the conclusion that, or, or they, they, yeah, it is a conclusion for them. They're like, yeah, but you don't know what it takes to even just keep a fire going. You'll wish you were back in civilization. You'll wish this, you'll wish that, blah, 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 blah. Well, we're not leaving civilization, but I think that line of thinking runs into a very real problem. And that is that if you knew that you were going to be staying out in the woods for weeks, months, years, your entire life or whatever, you would take a lot of actions that would basically make you know, the process of building a fire and all these other things, a lot simpler. Like, I mean, you you oh, just, yeah. you do that. The reason it's difficult in this sense is because, well, we're only spending a couple nights, you know. Right, like, we're not going to build a, a giant uh, stone furnace or, like, build chairs for ourselves. Which we would do in very short order if we yeah. knew we were actually going to be out forever or however long. Um, yeah, exactly. So I, I get annoyed by that when people say that sort of thing. Like, you don't know how hard it is in the woods. And it's like, well, it is hard, but you can make it easier if you know that's where you're going to be. So, but anyway, we're, you know, we're only out here for a couple nights. Well, it's all about preparation. I'm a big sure. believer in that, in anticipating what your needs are going to be and preparing for that. Because that makes the event itself so much simpler. 
Well, I think, and, and that's part of the reason we wanted to do this too. It's like, okay, you know, let's see what equipment we think we need that we don't have, and, or even maybe find out what equipment is overkill. Like what's something that we would never use or, you know, does, uh, like, does the solo stove actually work? Do bivy sacks, are they good enough? You know, depending upon the weather, um, you know, all of these things. I mean, we we're really putting, we we're putting ourselves and our equipment through the paces, um, this weekend. So we went through the ultimate test. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, albeit short term still, uh, in any case, I think it's, and, and there's some things I can think of that, that need to be changed and, and we'll talk about that. Um, but are you good? You want, you want to, you want to talk about some of this equipment? You want to get into some of that? Sure. I mean, we could mention, first of all, like, uh, the first thing that we did when we set up camp was, um, you know, getting the fireplace ready. And one of the things that came in handy for that, uh, that was actually essential, was the uh, the shovel slash pickaxe tool. Yeah, yeah. So on the special that I, or not, it wasn't a special, it was an episode of Sovereign Tech that I did where people asked me, okay, you know, what would you put in a basic bug out bag? This was like the, the first thing I said was a survival <laughs> shovel. I said, you get a survival shovel because it's going to do so much for you. And I've they, used it more times than I can count. Right. And I mean, the one that we got, and like I said, folks, I'll put links in the show notes for all these. The one that we got, um, I mean, has so many different things on it uh, that, that it can really do. Like you can even, you can turn it into a spear. It has a flashlight built into it. It has a bunch of stuff. Um, but anyway, so, so tell me about your use of this, uh, survival shovel. Oh, well, it was really useful. Well, first of all, you know, digging the pit, uh, digging up rocks to put around the, the ring. To make the fire pit. Yeah. Yep. And also, uh, we use it pretty much every time we go to the bathroom, you know, it's like yeah. important part of latrine building. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that, and I said that in the episode, I mean, like th- that's the first thing you got to consider is you're going to, you got to bury your shit, you know, like literally. Um, and I mean, that this is just half the reason I think shovels were ever invented, but anyway, continue. Yeah. Well also, I mean, for men, it's so easy to urinate anywhere, Right. but for women, you know, there's a little bit, you have different concerns and I, I like to just like dig a little pit beforehand because it gives me more room. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, exactly. Yeah, now, we did bring just, like, a roll of toilet paper. Right, um, it's just regular toilet paper. It's not the biodegradable stuff. Yeah, you can get some pretty specialized stuff that can get pretty interesting. I mean, there's an age-old argument, and I know, Ellen, you're looking into a lot of this different kind of stuff. Not that you're studying, you're not a proctologist or anything, um, but... <laughs> <laughs> not yet. Yeah, right. <laughs> Soon. <laughs> uh, but, um... Like, you know, the fact that, because, and I always wondered this, like, wait a minute, how did ancient humans wipe their ass? Yeah. What did they do, you know? The communal sponge or or, leaves or what? Yeah, or, I mean, did they use their left hand or, you know, like, like, uh, it's a thing. But anyway, like, like how, how was this done? And basically now, you know, research more or less suggests that, well, no, actually, we used to squat all the time or at least a lot and you know when we had like a shall we say a healthier diet for whatever that means i mean a lot of times it would just you know just plops right out like there isn't some kind of crazy mess 
you know, necessarily to, to, to deal with, you know. Um, that's not to say that they didn't wipe somehow, but that it wasn't, like, as big a deal as it is today, right? Well, I, I guess, I mean, I, I feel that for people who have a very stable lifestyle, that might be true, mm-hmm. that they have really predictable, really healthy stools, but, you know, there's there's always factors like, what if, uh, you know, somebody's diet suddenly changes, or they eat bad food, or drink bad water, right. or, you know, what if they drink alcohol? That changes everything, too. That's true. And these are all common experiences throughout human history. Absolutely. And certainly drinking bad water can be a very real problem when you're out in the wild. Oh, Uh, yeah. And we've got a solution for that, too. We have a hell of a solution for that. And I want to talk about that for us in in just a second. Um, But, yeah, those shovels, I mean, what was your, how would you rate your experience with that shovel? Like, what problems would you see? Or did you, you know, give me a little bit of a breakdown. I didn't think that was too comfortable. Well, it is. It's just, you know, sitting on my ass on this hardwood kind of hurts. Oh, okay. I can lay down with you if you want. Uh. What? Continue? Yeah. Okay. Okay. So tell me about the shovel. So the shovel itself is actually so awesome and badass because one edge is serrated and the other is like razor sharp. Um, Yeah, so you could saw or cut with it. Right. Right. And on the same um, attachment, I guess, it also has like a pickaxe. Uh, so you can, you basically just like screw and unscrew to tighten or loosen, uh, to adjust whether you want it to be a shovel or pickaxe or both. Right. Um, and you can like change the angle that these heads are on too. Um, one problem that I noticed, cause we were using these a lot, especially the first day we got here setting mm-hmm. up the, the fire pit. Um, sometimes, it, so it's, it's really just this like metal screw that you screw with your hand um and that's what tightens the attachments down but it comes loose really easily unless you like i don't know have a an iron grip or something yeah yeah absolutely i yeah i think like if it was something i was using more long term i'd probably lash it like i i would put some kind of like lashing around the metal pickaxe part that yeah. would hold the shovel more steady. Because that, that's what I found, too. I was like, oh, the shovel part isn't entirely stable. Um, it's good. I mean, like, the metal's solid. I don't think it's going to fall apart at all. But it's just a little shaky. Yeah, uh, if you use it for too long, it does come loose. Yeah, exactly. So you just have to tighten it regularly. Right. Yeah, okay. So now, so so there's the shovel. So, I mean, it, it does the job, you'd say. Like, it, it works. Oh, certainly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the only reason we've had difficulty around here is because the ground is so dense with roots that you can't really dig into it. Oh, it's amazing. When you when you walk in some forests like this, and I don't think people really understand, like there's points when you're walking, say, on a trail, 
and the entire trail is moving underneath your feet. And it's like, wait, what the hell is that, you know? It's it's an entire interconnected highway of, of roots. Yeah, right. It's a root network that, that you're walking on. Like it but it's 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 so um uh It's spongy, th- but also solid. Yeah, and there's just so much of it, like it's just like you're walking on the ground. I mean it's really it, it it's amazing. So anyway, okay, now so the shovel, survival shovel does the job. Certainly you find it to be a useful thing, Ellen. Like that's something you'd have in your pack. Yeah, uh, definitely. I mean, if, if that was the only thing that I could bring with me uh, on a survival journey, I, I suppose that would be it. That would be the one. Yeah. Yeah. And it would be good enough, I think, to, I mean, not just for, like, digging a latrine or, or making a fire pit, but, you know, also for protection. And yeah. it's got so many other things built into it, but I haven't even explored those yet. Like, I haven't had a need to. Yeah, there's a lot there. I mean, there's like, there's, there's, a, I think there's a more dedicated saw end. There's like a spear end for it. Um, yeah, there's just, there's a lot there. So, I mean, it's admittedly, it's probably the heaviest thing in the pack. So, but good thing it's important. <laughs> if it's, yeah. you know, if it's going to take that weight, it better be worthwhile. Um, okay, so let's move on to the next thing. And this is... I think this is the miracle um, because it, and I, and I talked about it on my, on the, the, the COVID episode that I did, but this really works <laughs> and it is the life straw. Uh, I think they call it the life straw go bottle. Yeah. And, I've got mine right here. Yeah. So basically there is a, now you can buy these where it's just a straw, but this is like the whole bottle. And it looks like your average water bottle you'd see somebody carrying at the gym. Um, and you, what is that, like 20 ounces, something like that, you'd imagine? Yeah, that yeah. That sounds about right. So. Okay. Uh, it's made by the American Red Cross. Right. Now, this is the only, we didn't bring any water with us. Now, we've, we've gone on these kinds of excursions before, and, like, the heaviest thing isn't a survival shovel. The heaviest thing is all the water you're fucking carrying, Yeah. you know, usually to drink. And granted, yes, you can boil water, and that's not, you know, I mean, there's, there's ways around that. But, but boiling water just sterilizes it. It doesn't remove the sediment that's in there. Yeah, exactly. So the Life Straw Go Bottle is amazing. Because, and this isn't an advertisement, folks, but I'd be happy to have them as a sponsor. You basically just, you take the, you know, the bottle, water bottle, just like you imagine. Like, if there's a body of water somewhere, just scoop all the water into it. Yeah, we got water from that mucky pond down. <laughs> yeah, the one we were talking about swimming in. yeah. And, and then you just, you, you screw on the top, which has the life straw attached to it, which has a filter in it. And, of course, we have, like, I think I have like four or six replacement filters in each pack for this. Not expensive at all, folks. Uh, these these life water uh, go bottles, and you just you know you lift up the straw and you drink. And now you you don't. It's not like a water bottle where you like hold it over your head yeah, and pour it out. Yeah, don't tip it. Don't tip it. You just you just suck on it like a straw, and. That's some fine water. <laughs> yeah, it tastes just like it's been filtered out of our Brita. <laughs> yeah, no, <laughs> yeah. exactly. It, it's amazing. I mean, you were very, and rightfully so, 
you know, you being the scientist, you were very concerned. I was scared. I mean, (laughs) unjustifiably scared, but I was nervous because I know what sort of things live in the water, all sorts of bacteria and parasites and, um, but this, I mean, you just have to trust the technology and that's what I told myself. Yeah. Um, that's the only way that I got over the, the fear of like being poisoned by drinking this lake water, but it, you know, the first drink just tasted like pure filtered water. Yeah. It was amazing. And I mean, like, it's so hard to believe, you know, because that's the thing. We just keep refilling these water bottles. We've got all the water we want, you know. Now, for cooking, we have to use, like, you still have to do the boiling water trick and all that, right? Yeah, I did have to do that a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and and to sterilize water like that, I always boil it for half an hour because there are some things that are really resilient, Um So you can't just, like, just for reference, if anybody wants to do this out in the wild, don't just bring water to a boil and then think it's okay. You have to leave it boiling for half an hour. Right. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, but, you know, the the, uh, life straw, like, just totally game-changing because you don't have to carry all that water around. You basically always have water to drink as long as the filter's good. You know? Yeah, it's actually amazing to not have to worry about our water supply. Yeah, I mean, I, you I don't even think too. about it. Yeah, you don't even think about it, which is which is incredible. And I know that's one of the things people are going to be like, well, that only comes through capitalism and blah, blah, blah. And uh, Yeah, okay, gotcha. But we're using it, so and it works. And it, it, it's, it, it's, it's amazing. Uh, I'm, in, I'm in awe uh, because, I mean, I remember even in the military, like the amount of equipment that would get hauled in just to, you know, purify, you know, whatever muddy river we were trying to purify. And I mean, it was insane, you know, and now you just got this bottle and, and away you go. Um, everybody should have one of these. Like, I, I can't even imagine the argument why you wouldn't. It's just, it's just a smart move. Yeah. I mean, the particulate filter is a really brilliant idea to put into a water bottle. Mm -hmm. I guess I just wonder, like, I, I don't think there's a way to recycle those. You know, it just turns to waste afterwards. Yeah. So that is something to consider. Well, they're washable, but, or yeah, but the little filter, the little filter, and it's like a little, I don't know, it's like the size of a a quarter, you know, but thicker. Um, yeah, that's the thing that, that just constantly goes to waste that you just keep tossing. Um, but everything else of the straw, you, you can wash, but yeah. <sighs> yeah. The, that's where the magic happens at the little right, filter. Right. Yeah. But I mean, it is, it is amazing to, again, just like, you know, cause we've done this before and you're counting like, oh, do we have enough water to drink? Do we have this, you know? And even if you weren't worried about cooking, I mean, then that's all the easier for you. Like you're just always going to have water to drink. Mm-hmm. Uh, mind blowing. So that, that to me is an essential addition. Like, and if you just go camping, like have one of these things, you know, it, it's, it's amazing. Any, any other thoughts on that, Ellen? Yeah, no, I agree. It, it really saves a lot of hassle. Yeah. All right. Let's move on to, let's talk about, and this is one where maybe it didn't turn out so well. Let's talk about the bivy sack. Okay, yeah, let's talk about it. So, for perspective, 
right now you are uh, in a bivy sack, but also covered by a um, like a negative twenty degree Fahrenheit uh, sleeping bag. <laughs> yeah. And look, it, you know it's August here, and earlier today it was like eighty five degrees or something. It's not like basically, you know, we're not dealing with sub zero temperatures by any stretch of the imagination. You're still in your underwear. I am still <laughs> not <there>. wearing pants. <laughs> oh. And Hanging like, out in the open air. And the fire is almost completely out. But anyway. <laughs> so I think this speaks more to the fact that I just don't produce that much body heat. Well, everybody's different. That's true. But and my body is built in such a way as to remove excess heat very efficiently. Yeah. So, okay. Well, yeah. <laughs> Well, so the bivy sack is, I mean, this is something, it rolls up. It looks like a sleeping bag, but it's really thin, okay? Yeah, it's like a thin aluminum sleeping bag. Right. It's not one of like, it's not a space blanket, but it's somewhat similar in concept, okay? Uh, Space blankets are just where you literally like throw basically aluminum foil over yourself, or (laughs) or foil anyway. Um, But a bivy sack, this is very common uh, with militaries and other, other organizations, um, you can roll it up. I mean, it's, it's smaller than, I don't know. It's like the size of two or three Coca-Cola cans, I guess. Okay. So it rolls up really, really small. Uh, it has a reflective interior that is designed to keep your body heat in. And, you can get ones with different ratings, you know, where they're rated for 60 degrees or, you know, 30 degrees Fahrenheit or whatever. And, I mean, I, I got the, the one with the best rating that I could. Um, I slept in it last night. I was sweating my ass off inside of it. You, you were know. really toasty. Yeah. Like, I mean, and, and, and I was, like, taking clothes off. You know, I mean, not, not that I need much uh, impetus to do that, but I... <laughs> I was taking clothes off while I was inside it, but you were freezing and I felt so bad. I mean, you were really, really freezing. Yeah. I was shivering the whole night and Mm -hmm. I mean, it didn't help that we're laying on the ground and the ground was cold. I mean, it wasn't freezing, obviously. Right. Um, But it was, I mean, it it had just rained. Maybe like 50 degrees out at at the coldest part of night. Mm -hmm. Um, And if the ground was that temperature, I, I, I don't know. Anyway. I felt like all of my body heat was leaving and going into the ground. Right. So the moral of the story here is that your results may vary with bivy sacks. Like, yeah, if you're a naturally warm person that gives off lots of body heat, you'll be fine. Yeah. <laughs> but I, if you're like me and don't produce a lot and are often finding yourself cold, it, it probably won't work as well for you. Well, you know, let's talk about this for a minute, because if you don't mind me, I'll edit it out if you don't want me to share it. But, you know, we we sleep together and in the same bed when we're home. I don't think that's news to anyone. No, no. (laughs) I mean, that's the least of things we do. Uh, But (laughs) so so when you so this is my experience. I mean, I know how I run, but when you wake when first thing in the morning, when you're waking up. Okay, even if you're completely naked, right? Your body is like 
I don't, I don't mean it's hot and I mean, temperature wise, like, like I could curl up to you and you're, you're like, uh, you, I mean, you, you feel like a, a stone that Sulu took a phase or two, you know? Well, that's because I am very careful when I go to bed. I, like I've never put this into words. I've never told anyone this, Okay. but I have this whole procedure for how to blanket myself when ah. I'm going to bed. Because I know that if I lay there and I'm trying to fall asleep and I don't have blankets over me the right way, then I'm going to get cold and then I'm going to have to get up and move them again. So I always make sure that I'm like totally covered in at least a sheet, if not a sheet and comforter. Okay, because see, now that's interesting because when I wake up, I am so cold. I feel like like any body heat that I have is just gone, you know, and wow. like... And I guess part of me was wondering that, like, somehow, I don't know, like, your body heat just didn't go anywhere or whatever, and mine just exudes, like, no tomorrow, and that's why I was so warm in bivy sack. I, I don't know. I was just tossing out. Or it, was, it was a theory that just came to mind for me. Um, <laughs> well, I mean, it's a different situation in bed because we have extra insulation all the way around. That's true. But in the bivy sack, there's just insulation on top. The, the ground, I mean, I guess it could be insulating in a certain degree, but mm-hmm. the ground itself has a temperature that is below my body temperature. Yeah, so I guess bottom line, I think people would do well. I mean, bivy sacks aren't, well, it depends on what, you're, what kind you're getting. They can be expensive, but definitely try out the bivy sack that you get. They're handy because... They take no space in a backpack. I mean, they take almost none. And they're incredibly lightweight compared to a sleeping bag, you know, which is basically a whole other thing of luggage that you're carrying around. Um, Just test it out, folks. You know, I think that's what you'd recommend as well, Ellen. Yeah, and I think with the sleeping bag, you'd have kind of a similar problem unless you had extra insulation beneath you. Right. Uh, And some sleeping bags are thicker than others. Yeah. Yeah. but I, I've also had the same experience in sleeping bags where if I'm on the bare ground, I end up freezing. So this is where sleeping pads could come in. Yeah. So um, sleeping pads could help prevent that. Right. Or an air mattress. Yeah. I mean, and a lot of sleeping pads are also, like, they're inflatable. Like, that's by design. And they have, like, a self-inflator in them um, so that you can compress them quite a bit. Yeah. So there's options. Bottom line, there's there's options, folks, that, that you could try and take advantage of as far as sleeping. But, I mean, you know, this is important. I mean, getting a good night's sleep, that's a, that's a life-or-death situation, you know, as much as water. Yeah, I mean, fortunately, since we knew we were going to be out here for a couple of days, we just took a bunch of naps today <laughs> yeah, to make I, up for it. See, this is a funny thing, and, and I've, I've told this to people, and I've, you know, I've gone through basically, you know, the real world versions of some survival training or like the people who watch naked and afraid. It's like, no, stay up all fucking night, sleep during the day. Yeah. Like, like what you'll feel much safer. Exactly. Like, I, I mean, I know with shows like naked and afraid, they do a lot of stuff for dramatization because the most logical thing you could do, especially if you have a known timeline of, okay, I just got to survive 21 days. All right. Sleep during the day, stay awake all night long, don't move around a lot, 
you know, I mean, you, you can survive on, on very, very little and like, anyway, so yeah, but we, we kind of did the same thing where it's like, okay, well, the night wasn't the most comfortable. So we'll just like, you know, sleep during much of the day. Um, granted, if you were trying to rebuild civilization, you might not want to do that, but, (laughs) um, but, uh, you know, if you're just whatever, you know, spending, uh, you know, a weekend out, just wanting to get away from it all. I think that's a totally, totally valid thing to do. Um, so again, Vivi Sacks, test them out. See, see where you're at with those. Look in, look into that though. It's a very serious aspect to consider. Um, we didn't do anything as far as a tent, so we're not going to cover that here. We won't get into any of that stuff. Uh, in fact, we just didn't have a tent at all. Now that's the first time you ever slept raw dog. In the uh, on the funny. open like that. That's how you said it earlier too. Yeah, well, I might have did it on purpose here, but anyway. <laughs> yeah, it is the first time that I've slipped under the stars without any protection. Mm-hmm. How did you like that? <laughs> how, how did you feel about it? Um, I felt very vulnerable, and not to say that's entirely a bad thing. Last time we did this sort of camping trip at Mount Langdon when we stayed in the the three walled shelter. Mm-hmm. I also felt that way. Um, yeah. I guess less so, but um, yeah, it was just, it was a very uh, interesting experience. I don't really know how to put it into words. Um, vulnerable, but I mean, you could kind of see the stars through the trees. Um, I spent a lot of the night just listening <laughs> to what was around. Yeah. If I couldn't sleep, I'd get up and tend to the fire. Um yeah, I I don't know. I just felt like it was very free and open and um, kind of natural. Yeah, yeah. I always enjoy it. I think that there are very specific places where you can and can't do that sort of thing. I mean, depending upon, like, the insect life or the wildlife in general, where, no, you really need to be, like, protected from what's crawling around out there yeah Uh, yeah there's not much in the way of mosquitoes out right now yeah yeah where we are right so that that's another thing where like it depends on where you're going and where you are whether or not you can get away with um not having a shelter specifically so uh let's see okay so moving on from that why don't we talk about the next thing that we actually just got to test today uh, and I was really impressed by, and that's the radios. Um, okay. we tested the Baofeng radios. We didn't, I mean, it wasn't too, it was basically just a range test. We didn't get into setting up privacy channels or anything like that. We were just doing the range and we probably got in some very uncertain terrain. I, I want to say we got like three miles. Three. I thought it was like one and a half. Maybe it was one. Well, I guess if I only walked that much, maybe it was about one and a half. It did get kind of staticky when I got back to the car. Right. Um, so I stayed at camp, you went to the car, and right. the entire distance we could hear each other. And there was a little static, but it was not, it didn't garble the speech at all. I mean, you, I could still perfectly understand you. Yeah. Yeah, so th- I thought those worked very well. Now, the Baofeng ones, it's the UV5 something. Anyway, I'll put the link in the show notes. Um, these are the ones, I mean, I bought an extended battery for them. Um, they can charge with USB. Uh, I mean, like there, there's a lot of options as far as they go. And 
I mean, it's a very common radio that you can use, you know, and I mean, you got to admit, it feels so cool to like use something that doesn't have like a phone bill, you know, like that, that doesn't (laughs) have any infrastructure, you know, it's just what's in your hand and it works. Uh, that is, it is so amazing, but it, it really went the distance that it needed to. And I thought it worked very, very well. And uh, I think we're getting some uh, dandy long legs out of here. So, <laughs> um, yeah, spiders crawling around. Yeah, I nothing love too it. dangerous though. No, no. Um, but anyway, th- I thought those radios worked really, really well. I mean, we can I was even impressed. Yeah, yeah. Uh, again, and and I talked about this on other shows where you could charge these, you know, with a solar charger if you really needed to. Um, they're waterproof. I mean, the things are practically indestructible. They feel solid as a rock when you hold them in your hand. Uh, just, just a brilliant, brilliant piece of kit that I, I can't imagine why anybody wouldn't want. I mean, unfortunately now, like, so we basically forced ourselves to not look at screens while we're out here because mm-hmm. now 4G is like everywhere, you know? Yeah, pretty it, much. It's very rare that there's a spot where it doesn't work. Um, but we didn't want to mess with that. That's why we brought the radios. So go ahead. Yeah, no, that's true. Um, I know one spot, I think, where there's no service. But, I mean, that's just one spot in all of New Hampshire. Yeah, right, um, right. So that's saying something. But I, I do love the free-range sort of nature of of radios like that. Yeah. Um, and I, I thought it was fun, too. You know, we're just talking directly to each other. There's no middleman. Nope. No, I mean, you know, yeah, it's not like necessarily encrypted or whatever, but there are a lot of advantages there, uh, you know, as far as all of that goes. So the radios, you'd say, are a win. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. And, I mean, there's a bigger conversation that could be had around the radios, like, that has to do with getting away from a smartphone. Um, but regardless, anyway check out the ones i have in the show notes if you can get your hands on them they're worth they're just worth every penny um let's see what else did we end up using uh we haven't talked about the the stove yet oh the solo stove we do need to talk about that let's talk about the solo stove so this is a company a newer company and Basically, they, they just have this really, and I mean, and, and this isn't uncommon, um, where like Stanley makes these, there's, there's other companies that make them, where it's like an all-in-one cooking pot and dish kind of set. Specifically for camping. Right, yeah. Um, and, you know, they're always usually, you know, stainless steel and, and whatever else. Um, just about any of these, I think, will get the job done, more or less. Uh, Solo Stove is one of the newer companies involved. They have some interesting things that they bring to the table with kind of the amount of heat that their their, their pans can handle. Um, actually, the handle is detached from it. Like, it's a separate entity that you use to, like, clamp down onto the Solo Stove and whatever. Yeah, which has been super useful. You can clamp down to just about anything with that. Right, right. Um, and everything's, like, really packable. Like, there's even a coffee pot, um, and you can pack. Like, they offer this little mini Halcyon stove. They, they just they have a lot of different products. 
basically we used the bowls, plates, and the cooking pans. And we did use the, we used the coffee pot, but we didn't make coffee. Right. Uh, which this is weird for me. I haven't had coffee, well, it's been over a day anyway. That is odd for myself. Not that I like that. Um, but we used it for oatmeal. Yeah, it was the only uh, container we had that had any sort of measurements on it. Right, right. Yeah, that that was that was a nice touch. Um, well, I mean, Ellen, you know, you were you were handling all the cooking and everything. I mean, and and you used we used a Stanley set previously. Um, yeah, you, we were also we had a different diet previously too. Oh, that's true. <laughs> right. Um, like yeah. I think last year when we did this trip, we. We cooked eggs in that pan. Oh, we did. You're and right. And that was so hard to clean out. I yes. basically had to burn it out. Right. Um, but this time, yeah, we uh, basically I just made like a sauce in the pan, mm-hmm. and that was easy enough to clean out. We didn't have to burn that or anything. Right. Um, but the the cookware is great. I mean, you can put it over the fire, and it doesn't. I mean, it doesn't tarnish really quickly. Um, doesn't warp or anything yeah, like it's, that. Yeah, it doesn't yeah. warp at all. But it's um, really lightweight. I mean, mm-hmm. you, it's in your pack. Like, so So to understand, I mean, let me explain this quick. So because, you know, we're just always going to be together, we had, like we kind of separate what's in what pack, you know. Uh, like all the cookware is in yours. Um, I think there are some other things that are particular to yours. In mine, like the, the chopping axe is in there uh the medical kit is in there um you know i mean because we have doubles of almost everything but there's some things where that's just not necessary and it'd be overkill yeah right like um, i don't i don't need a chopping axe yeah sure right um so but anyway so you you have the solo stove but but you liked it you thought it, it did the job i mean better than the stanley do you think or yeah, um, with the Stanley set, I, res- I seem to recall that that handle was attached to the pot. Yep. And you could, like, fold it over when packing it or unfold it. But that gets super hot, especially when you're cooking over a fire. There's not really a lot of control over the temperature. Right. I mean, sometimes there's flames right next to the pot. Sometimes it's just charcoal or, you know, like burning embers. Um we're fortunate enough at this campsite that we're currently at to have a, a sort of metal grill to go over it, but we didn't have that last night at our other campsite. Yeah. Um, so the removable handle was super handy because, <clears throat> like, I was able to leave things in, like, literally in the fire pit <laughs> right. and grab them out with that. Yeah, because the handle was cool, so it didn't matter what the pot was. Right, as long yeah. as you could, your hand could withstand the temperature where you're reaching. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so uh, we didn't get to like test out the coffee pot for coffee itself. Um, that was my call because we could have picked some up and I didn't. Um, yeah, you said no repeatedly, and I was quite impressed. Yeah, I I, I got to get off of it, and, and and again, it speaks that speaks more to why we're even doing this because I just like. <sighs> The modern world <laughs> requires a caffeine addiction. Yes, it does. It is. And in fact, if an old friend of mine said this to me, boy, like eight years ago, he said, he said, coffee is the drink of a slave species. And I, oh, man, like that, that just hit me like a ton of bricks when he said it. Um, 
But yeah, I wanted to get away, and that included getting away from caffeine, frankly, uh, you know, this weekend. So I'll probably get back on it, but at some point my schedule will slow down just a little bit to where maybe I'll feel like, okay, now I can like reset my body to where it doesn't rely upon coffee. Because you need a week or two to really make that happen, um, I think. So how are you feeling on day two of no coffee? Well, granted, like this this podcast episode that we're recording, I mean, I feel pretty good. I mean, we've napped a lot, though, you know. Yeah, that's true. Um, but, like, this isn't a... I mean, I'm bringing my A-game here to this podcast, but also it's a very relaxed podcast. Yeah, I mean, we're just about ready to go to sleep. Right, exactly. <laughs> you know, and I don't have to, like, remember what you could do with Fortran right now. You know, so I don't exactly need coffee, which is part of the reason I was, like, confident in not bringing it. Um, but it would have been interesting to to see how the solo stove would have handled that. But overall, you, you thought that that really did it. Yeah, I mean, I think it would have handled coffee just the same as it did our oatmeal. Sure. Which was really well. Oh, that's so delicious. The the coffee pot, um, that does have handles that don't attach or don't detach. Right. So that does make it a little more difficult, but you can like slide a stick or or some other thing. You could even like use the detachable handle from the the pot itself. Right. Uh to grab that out of the fire if if you have to put it there or even over the fire. Yeah, and so what's nice, too, is, and we didn't use this, there's like a little shield, metal shield setup. And again, the kind of the main selling point with the solo stove is how much you can do with it being so lightweight. Um, the little shield setup will basically let you just put in a bunch of little sticks, get a fire going, and you can set the pots right on top of it. The coffee pot actually like is also the storage container for this little Halcyon stove which a Halcyon stove is basically like a, a mini stove that operates. It's like it's like the things you see on the bottom of buffet plates. Like yeah, you sterno, put some kerosene whatever. in it. Right, right. Yeah, in this case, you toss in whatever kind of alcohol or whatever, and, and it will, you know, it, it'll cook. Um, so it is a very nice compact package uh, for, for all of this. Um is this something like, you know, let's let's say let's say that uh, civilization collapsed. I mean, how essential do you feel the solo stove is? <laughs> like, are um, you really glad you have that? I am. I'm very glad that we have that. Mm -hmm. uh, I think cooking would be so much more difficult if we didn't have it. I don't even know what we'd do. Right. Yeah, I mean, basically, you'd have to, like, hunt you know, uh, or fish or whatever. And whatever you cook would have to be on a stick. Yes, exactly. <laughs> That's exactly it. And so, yeah, I don't, this is something I don't think people think about. And, you know, something we haven't talked about with these, with these packs is that we, we kind of learned a lesson that, well, they don't, it doesn't fit very well on you. Yeah, that, I mean, that could be a function of me not knowing how to wear it right mm -hmm. or uh, the weight distribution of the pack or just the fact that it weighs so much. Right. Um, but, yeah, it, it does kind of squeeze my shoulders in an uncomfortable way. Yeah, I think we really need, 
we need like a, a real hiking pack. So these are these are just these are Molly packs. Like this is standard stuff that I would go however many miles you know in Afghanistan with. Um, as to where, you know, you have really professional hiking packs. They have these full-on aluminum frames on them to help displace the weight and everything. And I think basically we're we're at that point that that's that's what we need to go with. And that doing something, even if it's a Molly backpack, like that, that just, that's not enough or it's not the right, the right trick. Um, but the point I was going to mention is that, oh, that fire is gorgeous. Nice work. Yeah, thanks. You too. <laughs> it's, it's great when like suddenly it just bursts into flames and the flames are like three feet tall. Man, reminds me of back home with my dad. That, that means hell, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> not saying my dad is Satan, but then I'm also not denying it. Okay, so the the problem with the <laughs> uh, we were talking about problems with the pack. Oh, right, no. Okay, so this is the thing: is that I don't think people get this that when you hear like hikers who are really into hiking, especially people like that do the Appalachian Trail and whatever, when you hear them or you read on social media or in a blog post or something where they say. And this shaved off 0.3 ounces. They're not kidding around. Like, like they, that matters. Like, that, the every ounce of weight, every, not even ounce, like decimal point of an ounce of weight that you can shave off is life or death for them. Well, it does add up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Over every item that they carry in their pack. Right, right. I mean, and, and I, I was being conscious of that when I was putting this together. Like, the chopping axe that I got is a Fisker's chopping axe, which is largely plastic. It's not a wood handle. Um, I mean, and, and the reason I did that is because, you know, a standard chopping axe weighs a ton by comparison. Um, so, you know, there's there's logic, uh, you know, in play here. Um there are a lot of things like that where I try to be very conscious of how much does it weigh. But then there's some things where, you know, look, you just got to live with it, kind of like the survival shovels. Um, so the solo stove, that worked. And, yeah, again, I don't think people think about it, that what do you do when you don't have pots and pans? You know, you, you're, you're kind of screwed as far as cooking, unless you're going to put it on a stick. Yeah, roast it on a spit over the ceremonial fire. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Um, okay, so let's see. What what other piece of kit? Um, something, you know, that, that I don't want to... People may call me a hypocrite on this, but no. Um, I, you know, considering what was going on and severity of what I was thinking about and for a bunch of other reasons, uh, I did decide to include a knife. As to where before I was like, no, just just go with the shovel. You got to understand, folks, is that I was trying to be really basic with the the pack I was mentioning before that you could put together and just about anybody could afford. Um, but I did end up going with a K-Bar uh, uh, Tanto knife, full size. And we each have one of those. Uh, those have come in handy at varying points. Um, yeah, they're so much fun to take out and practice on the surrounding wildlife <laughs> wow 
I'm not saying that's what I did while you were away, but oh, maybe. Oh, now, now I know why you couldn't get to the uh, to the radio quick enough. Okay. <laughs> wow. I was too busy slicing the prickers. We're going to call this the Bad Vegan Podcast. <laughs> the prickers. <laughs> uh, anyway, yeah, I mean, K-Bar is always, you know, just, you know, if you are going to go with a knife, there's, in my opinion, you know, they're not the highest end, but they're still the best in the world. Uh, better than Gerber, better than, than any of them. And anyway, that we don't have to spend a whole ton of time um, talking about that. Flashlights. This is key. Flashlights. They do come in handy. Yeah. Go ahead. <laughs> it's amazing how... Uh, I, I feel like I've taken for granted so much the ability to just turn on a light and see yep. whenever I need to see. Absolutely. Um, out in nature, you can't do that, obviously. Uh, it's just shocking to realize there are moments where you want light there, mm-hmm. but there's nothing you can do to create it. Yeah. I, and, like, I am shocked because that, to me, indicates I've been so well-trained by society. Just so well-conditioned. Ex- yeah, to expect a light switch everywhere. Um, it's, it, talk about privilege, <laughs> but these flashlights, yeah, they, they really are, they do, uh, I think meet an essential need. Yeah. So the ones that we have, uh, they're called Thor fire and basically I don't think it really matters what brand you get. Um, you want your flashlight, if at all possible to be waterproof and shatterproof, if you can help with that. But the, 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 the essential here is that you need multiple, you want multiple ways of charging it. Uh, like last night, um, they kept dying on us, like the flashlights. But because it has a hand crank on it, you know, we could just start cranking it and then we'd get full power light, you know. I mean, that, that just made it, uh, in my opinion, like that was great. It was, it's, it's much like it's the light version of the life straw bottle where you don't have to worry about like, oh, gee, are the batteries dead? Right. Um, these Thor fire flashlights can also charge, you know, they like you can do it US, USB or wall socket, you know, whatever. Um, they also have a solar panel on them, which we set them out earlier today in the sun and they're still going fine right now this this time of night um so you know that that's really the key is to have multiple options for charging uh your your flashlight you know and and if you can get them into waterproof and shockproof and all that that's great too uh thoughts on the flashlight ellen um yeah it's really convenient and great i i like the hand crank being able to like use human horsepower to to create light yeah absolutely not too noisy not not too bad yeah i mean it's it's a moderate noise but i i do have one that's probably a decade older mm-hmm. that i think is quite a few decibels louder when you crank it ah, aha, aha. so these are quieter yeah they yeah are. okay no that's good that's good okay um, let's see. What else do we have in the pack that we should mention? Uh, I did put face masks in there, but not like we use those out in the woods. Uh, but whatever, they're in there. Um, uh, chewable toothpaste tablets? That's exactly the next one I was going to go to. Because this, I, this is amazing to me that this exists. 
so they're by, I'm sure other companies do them, but they're by the company called Hello, which does a lot of natural tooth products, dental products. Um, th in fact, they have like a lot of the charcoal activated stuff and, and whatever. So, okay, so let's talk about dental hygiene while we're out here. Um, obviously, we brought some kind of mouthwash, you know, like, I mean, it, uh, I think we have different mouthwashes. Yeah, yeah, but none of this stuff is like, we didn't we didn't necessarily go oh natural uh, <laughs> well mine is yeah it's, you know yours is natural yes it's yeah, like right. coconut oil and mm -hmm. um there's some sort of liquid i'm not really sure what it is but there's no alcohol um there's some tea tree oil right yeah so the so there's that but now so the toothbrush itself i got a bio i, I got biodegradable toothbrushes nice. you buy them in a set and I just think that's a great thing for traveling and for camping because, you know, especially if you're out for like a week or something, whatever. I mean, and when you're done, you're done. Um, and, I mean, they're made of like bamboo and whatever else. I mean, it's pretty, pretty basic stuff. Uh, but I, I thought I thought that was that it's, it's handy to have extra ones, you know. Um, and I have the little like travel cap that can go over the uh, that can go over the bristles. You know, because you can't always rinse the thing clean super well. Right, and it's really important when you're camping because dirt gets into everything. Exactly, yeah. So, handy. Um, but the amazing thing was is what Hello made, which are these tablets. They come in little metal containers. You usually get them, like, it'll come with two metal containers, his and hers, I guess, or his and his, or hers and hers, and or Z's and Z's, whatever. Um and it is just a tablet that you put in your mouth and you chew on it, you know, much like a Mentos or something. And then you take the toothbrush and start brushing. And I thought this is great. I mean, for a bunch of reasons. Like, so when I would travel more a lot, you know, via um, plane, airplane, uh, I'd take uh, like dry toothpaste with me. Because normal toothpaste, I mean, not that wherever you land, it's probably pretty easy to get your hands on a little bottle of toothpaste when even when you're traveling. But TSA is crazy about this kind of shit, right? They've made me throw away entire tubes before. Exactly. And so this gets right by that. And also, like, you know, toothpaste tubes can be kind of a messy ordeal. And these, no, it's just it's just tablets in a metal container. Pop, you pop one and, and away you go. Uh, I think it's genius. I don't know, what, are, what are your thoughts on the on the tablets? Yeah, you know, you said that toothpaste tubes can sometimes be a messy ordeal. I judge a lot about a person based on how messy <laughs> their toothpaste tube is. Uh huh. I mean, like, do they, they leave, leave in? a lot of residue around the edge so that they can only screw the cap like halfway on? <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Anyway, it should not be that messy. If it is, something's going on that shouldn't be. Right. Right. <laughs> Um, anyway, yeah, I, I think these are fine. Uh, they really simplify the toothbrushing process. I mean, mm -hmm. um, it takes a lot less attention, less yeah. time. Yeah. Um, and you can also do it in the dark. <laughs> you know, you're not going to miss your toothbrush when you're trying to squeeze out the toothpaste onto it. Yeah, there's a part of that that, that that's brilliant too. Like even just in the process, you know, and. Uh, in fact, there's really like almost a way where it just seems to make more sense. But I suppose that's a bigger conversation uh, really to be had. 
So, okay, so the, 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 the toothpaste tablets from Hello, another winner? Sure, yeah. Okay. So re- really, I feel like the only dud we've had is the is the, the bivy sack. Like, the bivy sack is not... Well, I, that's more of like a mixed results mm-hmm. item. Mm-hmm. That's fair. Okay. Um, because it works fine for you, and probably for most most people it would work just fine. Right, right. Um, there's just, you know, select percentage of the population. And I think women get this reputation a lot where, you know, we're just cold in general. They're always cold yeah. all the time. Yeah. Yeah, I've heard that kind of stuff. Anyway, I mean, yeah. But that it's, depends it's like, on body type. It really does. Exactly. Exactly. It's just like a cultural meme. You know, it's it's not even... Well, I mean, there is some basis to that, like certain times of the month when your, you know, hormones change, uh-huh. your body handles heat differently. Um but yeah, it, in general, it's um, it it just depends on what kind of person you are. Yeah, exactly. So, all right. Well, let me ask you this, Ellen. Did you bring deodorant? I did, but I haven't used it. <laughs> I did too, and I don't know why I even. I know better. Like, and I I know you do too. Like, you're gonna get covered. You know, the smell of fire, the smell of like. Yeah, I guess I just brought it out of sheer habit. Like, anytime I travel, deodorant is essential. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I guess I didn't consider how disgusting I was going to be right from the get-go. And, like, the only thing that we've been spraying on our bodies is, you know, DEET. Right, <laughs> To right. keep the mosquitoes away. Which, uh, that's worked pretty well. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. It, it has. Um, it's done the job. It's dangerous. Don't breathe it in. Yeah. Don't get it in your mouth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but it it's the only thing I've found. And I've tried so many natural mosquito repellents, and they're just so bloodthirsty. Nothing works except the deadly stuff. <sighs> yeah. It's, uh, you know, mutually assured destruction, really, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. Well, anyway... Um, yeah, so dental care. Like, I mean, that's not a long-term solution by any stretch of the imagination. I mean, as far as I understand it, like, people used to use honey as toothpaste. But then, like, if you're out in the woods, you know, where, where, where are you going to get that honey? You know, are you going to be like Winnie the Pooh and, you know, shoving your hand into a tree stump and hoping to pull out something? Like, uh, it's just yeah, not happening. you could use various other things as toothpaste. I mean, Chewing some people mint? have even known to use charcoal from the fire. Oh, you know, just, oh. A- just ashes. Actually, yeah, because it's all this hello shit is, is activated carbon. It's, it's act, yeah, right. It's the activated charcoal and carbon or carbon. But well, all the charcoal ashes is, is, is just carbon. carbon yes, yeah. right. That's, ah, ha-ha. See, now that's very interesting. I'm not about to go do this right now. It but, would not uh, taste the best. No, and those coals look mighty hot. But I, <laughs> but this, but that, I didn't even think about that. And now, I mean, like, they've basically, these natural toothpaste companies, actually, I mean, lots of them, even like Crest and others are putting charcoal into their shit. Yeah, um, it's a, it's a fad. Right, uh. I mean, they're, they're they're sort of like letting the cat out of the bag here. Like they're 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 because they're like, oh, actually, you could just use charcoal. Yeah, they're kind of backing away from the fluoride phase. Well, uh, well, to some degree. Yeah, I mean, happier. not not entirely, mm-hmm. but um, I do think charcoal is becoming more of a popular 
uh, yeah. ingredient in toothpaste. Yeah, that's interesting. And I hope someday it does replace fluoride. And I'm not a dentist, but that's just how I feel. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so let's see. All right. What, what else? Was there anything else particular that we ended up using? Mm-hmm. Um, we didn't use the compass. No, we do have very solid compi. Uh, <laughs> solid compasses. Um, we have not used those. I often just use the one on my watch. But um, I don't know if I need to get into a big story about my watch uh, by any any stretch. But that's something I do recommend if you're going out in the woods and especially no cell phones, no smartphones, uh, wear a watch. You know, like ha- have have that handy. Um, I mean, I have a, like a Casio G-Shock Pro Trek that you know has a barometer, tells the temperature. Uh, it's not a smartwatch at all. It does not connect to shit, and that's how I like it. Um, but it's solar powered and has a compass built into it. And I mean like a digital compass. It's not like something on the strap. Uh, really, really does a great job. Uh, so that's something that you can consider as well as far as electronics uh, go. But anyway. Um, hand sanitizer. Hand sanitizer is a handy thing, to no pun intended, to have around. Uh, something I didn't do this time that I normally do, and I know you know this. I usually bring a roll of paper towels. Yeah, the blue ones, the like the shop rags. Yeah, yeah, hardcore. And <laughs> and those those are handy for so many. I mean, there's well, just a million uses. So unnatural. I mean, you, I don't think that it's okay to burn those. <laughs> just something <laughs> something tells me in the black smoke that comes off of them that but they, that's not okay. They start a fire like that. I mean, they they, they, <laughs> they, they they're fantastic. They're so multi-purpose. Uh, anyway yeah last year you had one under your hat because you're sweating so much that's what i mean you can use it for so many i mean like and it cleans up all kinds of messes and i mean like or they're very strong sure i mean i mean if you're having sex or something i mean there's just there's there's a lot it's amazing what you can do with those things and i know they're unnatural and i'm a bad environmentalist for for even (laughs) carrying them probably but uh but oh do i love those things just it's amazing how much you can use them. And, like, the blue ones, you can basically, like, wash those and rinse those out. I mean, like, they can last, uh, you know, beyond their just initial use, you know. So you can If be, you don't burn them. Yeah, you can be, right. You can be a little, <laughs> little, little conscientious about them, I guess. Um, so beyond that, I think that covers most of it. We did have the, the, the first aid kit, which is pretty in-depth. Yeah, it, it's a pretty full first aid kit. Mm-hmm. Um, but lightweight, incredibly lightweight. Yeah, we went through it before we went on this trip, mm-hmm. and it has almost everything except for sutures. I was just going to say the same. Yeah, exactly. So you're still going to end up like, if you need to do open heart surgery, you're going to have to use um, some cordage. You're going to have to use you know, <laughs> shoelaces. To uh, to tie to tie the chest closed. Just saying, sometimes people get gashes out in the wild that need stitches, um, and with this pack, you couldn't do stitches, but you could, you know, use a lot of gauze. Yeah, yeah. A shit ton of gauze. Or or the shoelaces. Some people are going to get that joke, but then anyway, and I'm going to leave it at that. But. So, uh, but that that's an important thing too. We we went through quite a bit of a uh, good uh, good paracord. We went through quite a bit of rope. 
Yeah, yeah, we didn't have such good luck with that rope at first. But Not at night when you it, can't see what's going on and it's black, even though it has reflective linen on it, but or fibers. Well, we we had a few bad throws. Yeah. <laughs> a few bad throws. <laughs> it was uh, it was interesting, and uh, spent a good chunk of today, like you know, nodding, and uh, that was fun. <laughs> <laughs> Well, we did get our food hung up in a tree. I, I think it was maybe 11 feet up. You're supposed to do 12. We were yeah, off. Yeah. That's probably why that bear came. It was. Well, tell us about the bear, because I didn't see it. I oh. was facing the other direction. I well, you heard it, though. You did hear it. Yeah, and weirdly, my back fell over at the same time that it went trampling through the woods. So I heard both noises. Right. Yeah, so... It, all I did is I heard, you know, I mean, here's the thing. When you're in the woods, especially if it's, like, windy in any way or if it's raining, you're hearing a million things. Yeah, there's, uh, like, you know, needles falling on other leaves exactly. and raindrops and birds and branches falling out of trees and hitting the ground. Right, none of which is any creature coming your way. You know, like, like I mean, it, it's nothing It's nothing like that. And so a lot of people, that's something they, that's a hump they have to get over is you have to recognize that a lot of the sounds that you're hearing, even if it sounds like somebody maybe like creeping up on you or something along those lines, it's not, you know, um, and that the sound of a animal or something coming towards you is very, very unique. You will absolutely know when it's that. And I heard like the sound of something walking kind of our way. And I don't know if it was, you know, frankly, it might have even have been when the bag fell over or what. Something spooked the fuck out of it. But I turned around and it was, it wasn't a cub, but it was a younger bear and it just darted. It was gone. I mean, it, it ran off. Never to be heard or seen again. Hours Thankfully. And, yeah, hours and hours and hours and hours later. Um, it, it's, I was, uh, but I mean, like, that's the... I mean, I've I've had I've had black bear in my backyards in New Hampshire. You know, like that's not an uncommon sight, and often, really, they leave well enough alone. Um, but I was uh, I was I was pretty amazed to see that one there. Uh, so anyway, um, but it didn't get our food. Yeah, no, it didn't get our food, and it's strange. I've always heard that like bears have this excellent sense of smell, and they can smell. Like a piece of fruit from a mile away, mm-hmm. uh, but somehow it didn't know that we were there or didn't care. I'm not sure. Um, but the fact that it got even that close did worried me a little. Sure. Yeah. But but I also know that for most wild animals, if they hear you or smell you, they'll just stay away because they don't want a confrontation. Yeah. No, it's not worth it, especially when you're this size. Right. Yeah, yeah. No, absolutely. And there's two of us. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's funny. I was laying... Is When we first laid down to go to sleep last night, I said, if we hear a bear coming, we both stand up and scream and wave our arms at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you yell at the thing. You're like, and, and don't come back. Yeah. <laughs> it, was, well, <laughs> it was cute. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you got to let it know how you feel. That's right. <laughs> Emotional um, honesty. Yeah, that's key to everything. (laughs) (laughs) 
So uh, I, I think we about covered, I mean, there might be some other things in the pack that we didn't really use. I mean, like for utensils, we have these like K-Bar sporks, um, which don't leave them near the fire too long, folks. Uh, they, they, they will melt a little bit. Well, they, they are made of plastic. I wasn't sure if they were made of some sort of composite or whatever, but yeah, they're just plastic and they do melt in the flames. Yeah. <laughs> As I found when we were trying to sterilize them. Yeah. Uh, but it's not just a spork. It has a pull-out serrated knife. Right. Right. Which came in handy earlier when we were eating baked potatoes. Yeah. I love these things, but I also have a K-Bar, like a, a more traditional hobo knife that splits into three. And I'm probably going to swap out. It's a shame because they're they're heavy by comparison. The hobo knife is very heavy by comparison, but it would be easier to clean. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna swap them out to where it's two hobo knives instead of the uh, the K bar sporks. So and when you're camping like this, I think cleanliness is very important. Even though you're gonna feel like you're dirty all the time, mm-hmm. you have to make sure that you're not leaving yourself vulnerable to infections. Absolutely. Absolutely, yes. Yeah. Um, is there anything... I mean, you know, there's chargers and stuff in there as well. Like, I have a solar charger and whatever in there, but a lot of that stuff's not not that big of a deal, and, and you know, you don't need a specific model for any of that. Is there anything you wish that you had this weekend, Ellen, that, that, like, that wasn't in the pack? There's only one thing. I mean, mm-hmm. besides the the mattress pad, which is debatable. I mean, sure. that's not a necessary item per sure. se. That's just for comfort, and you can't always guarantee comfort when you're out in the wild. That's true. Um, I would have liked to have had a lantern. Aha, lantern. You know, flashlights are great, but they only shine light in one direction. Yeah. Yep. And the- sometimes you want the light to go in all directions. We did bring one with us last time. And I didn't bring it this time. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe next time. All right, lantern it is. But you only need one. You don't need, like, two. Right, exactly. Yeah. Okay, lantern. We'll remember that. Um, I can't think of anything particular that that I felt like was was missing. Um, I do get, like, switching out the, you know, the hobo knives or the sporks, putting the hobo knives in place of the sporks and all that. Um, I, I mean, maybe like you can get what are called like life tents where it's really just, um, it's almost like these bivy sacks. It's almost the same material. It's just designed to be like laid out as a tent instead of as a sleeping bag. I could imagine something like that. We did resolve the issue of the, uh, ponchos, which was essential because we, we haven't had to wear them yet. But it started raining again last night. And you put them over our packs. Exactly. We put it over all the equipment. And it's like, okay, well, th- th- that was perfect. You know, and it, and, it, and it did the job. Even though most of this is water-resistant or even waterproof. That's a, that's a very important thing for me. Um, but you can never be too careful. I mean, water leaks in yeah. to almost anything. Yep, absolutely. Absolutely. If you leave it out long enough. And, and we left these out all day, all night. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, I, I think overall it was pretty successful. I think, like, uh, I think most of what we tested worked. Um, Going to replace the big pack, or we'll replace the packs themselves, not necessarily what's in them, um, and see what we can do about better, like, 
sleeping arrangements. And I think you're right. I think a lantern is, is totally on point as far as that goes. Um, anything else you want to talk about on that? Um, well, I guess I have one piece of advice that I, I'm glad that I followed, but mm-hmm. it's not necessarily to do with the packs. Um, but have really good socks. Like, have a pair that's oh, for yeah. the hiking and then a pair that's for, like, sleeping at night that's a little bit warmer. Um, but, like, moisture-wicking socks, wool socks, something like that. Yep. Uh, it makes a huge difference. Yeah, and if you, can, if you can make it happen, do waterproof boots if you can make it happen. Usually you have to go with Gore-Tex uh, to keep them lightweight. But absolutely, uh, yeah, great, great call on the socks there. That, that's that's. that's oh, it's, it's so essential. I mean, like keeping your feet dry with good socks. Yeah. I mean, like even just having a spare pair of socks. Which on this hiking trip we didn't bring very much in the way of clothes. We had what we were wearing when mm-hmm. we came, and then like a sweater and long pants, and a change of underwear. Yeah, you know, I gotta tell you, okay. So it was amazing, and I said this to you earlier. Like I, I hadn't worn jeans in so long. It stunned me. Yeah, not since the winter time. Yeah, yeah, because I mean, partly again, like like we said, you know, barely left the house, or I mean, I'm always wearing gym shorts or gym clothes of some kind. You know, most of the time, um, I've have fallen in love, and if I remember, I'll put these in the show notes as well. I have fallen in love with these Columbia Fisherman's shorts. They they don't look like swim shorts, but they kind of are. They're, they're supposed to be, you know, they're like the enduro of shorts, where, yeah, they're great in the water, but they're also great on land. And I love these things to death, and I wore them, and, and that, man, the, the difference between wearing those and the jeans on this trip... I, I need, like, five more pair of those, of those, those fishing shorts. That's how I shorts. feel about my shorts, too. Oh, they're 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 like called Pag Three or something. They're great. I mean, well, what's what's the score with your shorts? Well, I so I couldn't tell you anything about like the brand or the model, but they're made yeah. out of the same material. Where they're they're kind of like swim shorts, but mm-hmm. not really. Um, they have a little bit of ventilation on the side, but they're just they're like nice and airy. Um, they allow for a lot of like breathability. Um, and they've got a, a solid waistband that's that's adjustable um but besides that you don't feel that they're on yeah and it's just it's so nice to have that the breathability yeah yeah no i I mean that's that that's just another thing that again most people don't think about and you don't even worry if they get wet the water just rolls right off right right no exactly yeah so you know i think i want to wrap up this conversation with you know we we all use I mean, even you, Ellen, you know, we use a lot of tech in our lives, you know, computers, smartphones, all the, you know, all this stuff, whatever. Not, not always, you know, in, in accordance with my wishes, but. Exactly. Same here. <laughs> we have to. Yeah. I think, I think it behooves the tech enthusiast to know how to live without it is or to, to some reasonable degree. And that is part of the challenge that I was putting on myself with this. I mean, I already knew how, but, you know, just, okay, how can we make this really work right now? And, you know, and, and it ended up being very fun. But, again, I, I, I really, really think that, that it'd be, especially right now, 
when a lot of, say, like smartphones and everything else have become just privacy encroaching, to say nothing of, uh, you know, melting your brain, at least as far as your ability to, you know, have any kind of focus or attention, among other things. Um, I mean, there's a huge conversation we could have around all of this. I think getting, you know, learning these skills, having them in your repertoire is a wonderful thing. And at some point, you know, who knows what the future holds? You know, who knows when it might be necessary? Uh, or who knows when, frankly, you just need to... And I, when I say necessary, it doesn't mean because civilization fell apart. It could be just because, holy shit, I've got to get away from the world for a few days. You know, and this is how to do it. It doesn't get any better than this. Uh, or, you know, it doesn't get more away than this. So, anyway, with that... Um, you checking out, making sure there's nothing out there? Yeah, just turned on my flashlight to get a good look around. There you go, making sure. So, well, how about we, why don't we go ahead and wrap this one up? Yeah, I think I think now would be a good time. All the stars are out and... Yeah, let's go our, take a look at the stars. Our fire needs some rekindling. Yeah, let's go take care of that. Anyway, Ellen, this is so much fun. I mean, the, the whole trip has been so much fun, but like recording this little episode in... I don't know. How, I don't think I've ever heard a podcast where they did this, like where they were in like some just some shelter out in the mountains, and like they recorded a podcast with, uh, uh, well, certainly with such an amazing woman. Um, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, at least you have the unique on your side. I'll take that. Always <laughs> do on Sovereign Tech. So anyway, uh, yeah, we'll 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 wrap this one up, and uh, maybe I'll have some some closing thoughts here, and uh, we'll see all of you. Woo. On the other side. Maybe on the other side of the mountain. Hey, baby, I know, I know. You are tired of Gmail. You have had enough. Well, I have a solution for you. What I want you to do is you go to Fastmail, okay? It's fastmail.sovereigntech.com. That's the URL you can use. You're going to get a discount with that. You are going to love this. This is email for email's sake. This company does nothing more. Just email and they do it right. All the latest security technologies you want to log into your account with your YubiKey, you can do that. Fastmail has your hookup. Very inexpensive plans. I want you to check it out. You go to fastmail.sovereigntech.com. That'll get you the hookup and it's an honor to have them as a part of Sovereign Tech. Woo! Let's get back to the show. The Golden Stallion doing whatever he wants to do. The Climax. Baby, now how did you not enjoy that? I know you did. I know you did. Uh, after the fact, we were actually having a conversation with um, uh, some, you know, with, with friends um, about uh, our excursion. And I mean, basically, and I don't think she'll mind me quoting her. She's just in the other room. But, uh, you know, Ellen, when it was asked, you know, we were talking about why we were doing this, you know, what the idea was and what the packs were like and everything. And Ellen basically came to the conclusion that, yeah, you know what, if everything fell apart right now, we could really survive off of what is in those packs. Um, again, we need to get new ones. Uh, <laughs> this is something I am looking into. And if you really, if you're that interested in finding out what packs I decide to go with, feel free to ask me the question. I'll probably post it in the telegram group. Of course, if you want to go to the sovereign tech polytechnic telegram group, which is 
highly active and I love it because, you know, I, I know of telegram groups where like the person behind the group really has to be active for everyone else to be active. Oh no, 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 no. You guys, gals and Z's. I mean, you just, you take it and it is your place, your space, and you have all the fun and all the conversations and recommendations. Uh, it's, it's such real world recommendations, just like we were talking about. It's such a beautiful thing to behold. Uh, and I noticed that, in fact, this is something I, I didn't get into um, while we were, I mean, after the fact, when we finally got back to civilization, as it were, when I turned my phone on, holy shit, the amount of notifications that I had. Now, I mean, I don't mind the ones from the Telegram group. I want those. Okay. But there are a lot. And, and that's my point is that it was very, very active, even while I was away for so many days. Believe me, I'm not enjoying going back to the grind at all. <laughs> I think Ellen even told you there. I mean, I you know, most of my waking hours, I mean, I, I'm working. And eventually that schedule has to give. But, you know, man's got to make the money, right? So anyway, this, the amount of notifications that I got, I mean, this should bring you, it's almost valuable to do what I described for this. Because when you get back to civilization, okay, after going away for a bit and you turn on that phone and you see the amount of notifications that you normally get, even on say a weekend over a span of about three days, it should terrify you. It should make you pause and reflect. What the hell does any of that matter for? I mean, and think about how each one of those notifications, every time they come in is an attack on your attention. It really is. You know, I mean, even frankly, fuck, even when it's a uh, windows 10 doing it and you know, the little, uh, even if you have it set for quiet hours, but the little square in the bottom right-hand side still ends up going white, you know, letting you know, Hey, there's something you should be paying attention to. No motherfucker. I should be paying attention to what's going on in my fucking head. Not what's going on in the rest of the world. Concentrate on me. God damn it. Right. That, that will shock you, I think, because I think, you know, we think of them, I mean, they just kind of compile, it's like death of a thousand cuts and it's the death of your attention span, right? Um, you know, where, where, yeah, you get a notification, you swipe it away. Yeah, you get a notification, swipe it away. See what it's like when they build up, again, even on the weekend. And I think that will shock you. And I hope that it shocks you into some kind of action, whatever that ends up looking like. If it's like we've talked about in some previous episodes, seriously reconsidering your relationship with the smartphone. Uh, great. You know, whatever, or maybe it, it finally causes you to hit unsubscribe on a whole ass ton of newsletters and whatever else that you don't, you you've never read, you'll never read and you don't really care about, or, you know, emails with, with, I don't know, whatever deals from whatever companies, whatever, however it takes shape for you. I hope it takes some kind of shape. I hope it makes you reconsider and also think about why, you know, Ellen and I ultimately felt like we had to go and do this. You know, I mean, it's a pleasure and a joy in and of itself. And again, it's, it's a, you know, that this kind of bushcraft is almost a, a hobby of mine. In fact, something I didn't mention, but I did mention in the original, and I will link to it in the show notes, uh, because I, I did not mention it in the audio that we just had, but I'll link to the episode that I originally did with the very basic pack from, uh, you know, when COVID-19 started. And one of the things that I mentioned in there, of course, is the book, The Art of Shenku. Um, 
And that, I mean, that's just a necessity if you want to figure out, all right, where do I even get started with how to do this kind of stuff? And there's great books on bushcraft and a lot of that. If you really want to go deep into this stuff, um, you know, there's, there's lots that I could, you know, that I could recommend as far as that goes, like the ultimate wilderness survival guide by the McPherson's. I mean, there, there's just, there's tons of them that, that we could really get into, but you know, those, those are, the, and in fact, I, 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 for, well, I did have, in fact, I didn't mention this in the episode also, uh, I did bring my Kindle with me. Now my Kindle Oasis, of course, is waterproof. I mean, it's basically one of the most rock solid pieces of technology that you could have. And also it doesn't have 10 billion radios on it, thankfully, uh, <laughs> or antennae. Um, and that has the art of Shenku on there, along with a lot of other survival books. And I did mention that we had chargers. I had a solar charger there where I could have charged the Kindle. And that's kind of an idea that I have to do with all of that anyway, because I mean, you know, you start tossing books into these packs, uh, into a bug out bag. And I mean, that thing's going to weigh more than you could ever dream uh, of carrying in very, very short order. And even though this, and I think we said this, even though three ponds trail was, I think calling it moderate is pretty fair. We did one called Mount Langdon. That was not moderate. That was like uphill a lot and, and just ugly, um, fun, but ugly. But even on this moderate trail, even when a lot of it is, you know, especially going back to the car was mainly downhill, right? Um, those packs, I mean, were just so, so damned heavy. So to circle back to my point, if you want me, cause I got into the telegram group, started talking about all this other stuff. If you want me to tell you what pack I end up deciding on, um, I'm happy to update on that. I'll mention it in the telegram group, but if you want to ask me about it, I will get to it when I decide. And, uh, we will put that pack to the test. I mean, that's easy to do. We don't have to actually like go too far to do that kind of testing anyway. Um, but that's something that has to happen. And, and like, there's a need for improving sleeping conditions to some degree. Uh, we talked about that. I'm certainly going to, I mean, this is just something, this is a fun experiment that I think would be great to, to constantly, you know, uh, update on and update you on if you are interested. So just let me know, email BBS or, or questions, actually questions at sovereigntech.com uh, or ask about it in the telegram group if you want. Um, you know, and, and I'm, I'm happy to discuss it. I think I'm going to end up titling this episode, uh, sovereign primal tech. <laughs> I think that's pretty cool. Uh, oh man. And you know, if, if, if you're wondering, like, did, did Ellen and I consider like, you know, Hey, maybe we should just stay out here <laughs> and really not go back. I think we would be less than honest if we said anything other than crossed our minds. <laughs> so, <laughs> but anyway, no, uh, we're here. And of course we have so much more to do and so much that we want to create, um, you know, and, and, and bring into do and bring into the world as it were. Um, I got a lot of exciting things still planned and lined up for 2020 that I can't wait to share with you and feeling frankly, very refreshed to dive in and get this stuff done and out to you. Uh, and of course, always excited every single week to do Sovereign Tech. Um, so honored, by the way, uh, people have, have been uh, donating lately. I am really honored by that. You have no idea how much it means to me, how vindicating it is and how much it helps um, with keeping the show running and doing lots of other things, including, you know, a lot of this real world testing. I mean, it, it's just, it's very, very helpful. It allows me to, you know, talk about this stuff with you and, uh, well, anyway, it, it, I'm just, I'm so honored and, and I, I cannot thank all of you enough, but that's enough, I think for this week. And because admittedly, 
I need to go lay down. <laughs> after all, after this excursion, I need to go lay down. So that'll wrap it up, and I will be back uh, very shortly with uh, next week's episode of Sovereign Tech, and we'll get into all the good stuff, or the not so good stuff. And I'll see all of you whoo, on the other side. Thank you for listening to Sovereign Tech, an Osiris One production. Now go out there and make some trouble. <laughs>